I think it would be fair to say that that all of us acknowledge that this is not about cancel culture. It's not about taking information away. If anything, it's about adding information. We want to be able to open up history and tell the nuanced and complex story that sits there. And so if things haven't been mentioned that feel necessary for an understanding of who individuals were, I think that's absolutely a conversation to be had. This is not about taking things down. It's about adding to the story and making sure that people get the whole history, not just a part of the history that feels more comfortable. Sean Gray, and you're listening to the Bailiwick Podcast with me, David Conway. A new heritage report on the legacies of slavery in Jersey, released in conjunction with Black History Month, has shown a number of people and places throughout the island's history have been linked to the transatlantic slave trade. One of the conclusions the report reaches is that Nine Pier Road, the Victorian house which formed part of the Jersey Museum, was built on the proceeds accumulated from the slave trade. Following one of the report's recommendations, Jada Cobbershawn Gray, a member of the Jersey Heritage Diversity Group, will be guest curating an exhibition next summer on Jersey's links to the slave trade, opening at number 9 Pier Road in August 2022. She joined me to talk about what the new report's findings mean for the island, and how Jersey can begin to include previously excluded voices in its heritage going forward. Jada Coppershon Gray, welcome to the Bailiwick Podcast. Uh, first off, would you be able to talk about what triggered the creation of the Jersey Heritage Diversity Group? Um, so I think the in terms of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, first and foremost for Jersey Heritage, that really came off the back of the death of George Floyd and the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it prompted a lot of people in our communities and our society as a whole to think more deeply about how do we begin to decolonize our history and our culture and how do we begin to tell the full, complex, nuanced history involving all of the people that were part of that history. We know that a lot of people historically have been excluded from the narrative and this was an opportunity from a Jersey Heritage perspective to start thinking more deeply about that with a range of different people from different backgrounds. So I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity to do that with such a fantastic bunch of people. Once the report then came out um, in terms of when you had a look at it what impact did it have on you as someone who is obviously mixed race yourself reading these stories what was what was your initial response so I'd been asked by Jersey Heritage to guest curate the exhibition um, so that had led me down a process of researching Jersey's links to the transatlantic slave trade particularly in relation to the, mon- the mahogany trade um, in Belize and Honduras that in and of itself was difficult because as somebody with an ancestry um, around enslaved people in the Caribbean there are two sides to my culture and my heritage and in some ways that felt like a collision of both of them but I also think that's the necessary point in all of this that history is often uncomfortable when we're exploring it in a very honest way and a very truthful way and we're getting to the heart of the issue and the whole story what we didn't want to happen is for that to not be available to people because the recognition is of the importance of us learning from that history to be able to move better towards the future I think the report in and of itself presents an uncomfortable truth for Jersey as a community, as a society to grapple with. 
but one that nonetheless is fundamentally important in thinking about how we still face issues of inequality in our society today, particularly amongst the black and mixed community and minority ethnic communities, and what we can better do to become active allies in that process to support a community moving forward. You said um, you specialise in the idea of mahogany as a slave trade in particular. Would you be able to talk a bit more about how that worked in the past in relation to Jersey? Um, so we know that particularly in regards to Jersey's involvement in the transatlantic slave trade, it was primarily centred around the mahogany trade, um, which makes it fundamentally different in some ways from the transatlantic slave trade that went on in the UK. We know that Jersey in a lot of ways almost created its own trade route based around mahogany and actually that there were some Jersey individuals that were in some senses pioneering in going out to Honduras and Belize and setting up those plantations from the offset. So actually, that's a very important narrative. And it's a very profound narrative, because we've never really talked about Jersey, not only being part of the trade, but in some senses, and in some parts of the world, starting it. And can you discuss as well what the next steps for Jersey heritage should be now that this report has come out now that this research is going on for the first time? Where does it go? I think we just continue the conversation in a very honest way. I think it's one of the things that has been incredibly useful over the last year in terms of the diversity and inclusion committee that we have set up, that there's been an honest commitment to learning from all parties in that space. And that's really how we continue. The reality is, is that what we didn't want as a diversity and inclusion committee and from Jersey Heritage itself was to make people feel guilty and ashamed of a past and to not then move forward into the future. This is not about making people feel so awful and so terrible about what's happened that then they're stuck in that space. We want people to utilize the information that we're providing as part of a re-education, as part of a decolonization of history, and as part of a wider conversation about how we all as a community move towards becoming better active allies for those in our societies that are facing inequality. And we can only do that when we understand our history and the impact that it's had on the system structures and policies and practices that that continue to support inequality today. Sure. So in terms of initiatives that are going on right now, you've mentioned um, prior that you are going to be doing an exhibition on this. Would you be able to explain a bit about what the aims of the exhibition are, how it's going to work? Um, so the exhibition is really just telling that story in relation to Jersey's involvement to the slave trade, particularly around mahogany plantations, the acknowledgement that were, there were a number of Jersey families very heavily involved in the mahogany plantations in relation to the transatlantic slave trade and starting to get people to to really question the foundations in terms of that that activity, what that meant from a socio-political economic aspect for the island, how it bolstered the island and allowed it to be what it is today, and how we begin to reconcile that history to make sure that we move into the present moment in a more informed way with a better understanding of where we came from. And one of the things that the report that's been released touches on is some of the heritage that exists, the blue plaques, for example, around the island, some of the information signs that one acknowledged people who were involved in the process of enslaving people and two, a lot of information signs that don't acknowledge that story at all. Going forward, will there be any alterations to those signs? Do you think that would be a good way forward? Do you think to acknowledge that past more? I think it's very much a discussion for Jersey Heritage itself and then in conjunction with the wider Diversity and Inclusion Committee. I think it would be fair to say that, that all of us acknowledge that 
this is not about cancel culture. It's not about taking information away. If anything, it's about adding information. We want to be able to open up history and tell the nuanced and complex story that sits there. And so if things haven't been mentioned that feel necessary for an understanding of who individuals were, I think that's absolutely a conversation to be had. This is not about taking things down. It's about adding to the story and making sure that people get the whole history, not just a part of the history that feels more comfortable. And one of the other elements I noticed when reading through the report is that there is actually a mention of someone who was enslaved, who was then freed and lived in Jersey for a while. Um, Are you looking to see whether you can find any more of those stories to tell about people who maybe lived in Jersey or had some connection who were enslaved people who were freed and try and get their narratives in the spotlight? Absolutely. I think where, wherever possible, Jersey Heritage and the Diversity and Inclusion Committee have made a real commitment to tell as many untold stories as is possible. The reality is, is that we know that coming across those histories and those narratives is incredibly difficult, just in relation to the aspect of power and privilege and the way that history is told and also the, the history that survives in our communities and our societies. So that might be more difficult um, than you know than we would like it to be but absolutely wherever possible we want to bring the personal nature of this history to bear we want to tell the stories of people that like Hortense Watson were enslaved and were subsequently freed because that adds to the notion of the story and it brings it brings about a wider conversation about this is not something that happened in a far-flung place away from Jersey that had no ramifications for this island we had enslaved people on this island and that brings the transatlantic slave trade right onto our doorstep and that requires a very uncomfortable but necessary conversation. In regards to the report's conclusions, um, which obviously sum up that there were family names in Jersey that might seem familiar to some that were involved, um, it, it can be quite triggering for those in the black and mixed race communities in the island to see that sort of thing. And the report acknowledges that going forward, Heritage is hoping to not only just create awareness of the history, but better inform islanders about how they can be allies. Um, I was going to ask in the meantime, well, I know obviously your exhibition is going to aim to inform people of being allies, but in the meantime, how can they make an effort in their day-to-day lives to do so? I think it all forms a part of a wider education that's being asked of people in society today. Inequality is something that's existed in our communities for hundreds of years. Um, you know, it, it started in many ways from the transit, transatlantic slave trade and it's persisted since that point. What we're asking people in our community right now to do is to to make a commitment to educate themselves or in some senses re-educate themselves about the reality of history and the way that it has informed the structures and the systems and the policies that we see in society. There is a wealth of resources out there in relation to black history, in relation to systems of white supremacy, what that looks like, how it continues to exacerbate issues of inequality. This is, I suppose, in some senses, us asking the community to take a journey to be prepared to be uncomfortable on that journey, but to utilize the knowledge that they gain to become more active allies for communities that continue to face inequality in our society. Jada Coppershon Gray, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks to Jada Coppershon Gray for talking with us and thank you for listening. You can find the podcast on all the usual pod places and don't forget to like and share. The music at the beginning and end of this podcast is I Shift My Weight by Luno. Tune in next week for more.